Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right. Welcome to a brand new show. We're working on fixing your agile coaching. I am professional scrum trainer, Ryan Ripley. Joining me on our inaugural episode, good friend, awesome coach, fellow professional scrum trainer, Stephanie Ackerman. Stephanie, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Great, so I think loyal Agile for Humans listeners might be familiar with you. You did a Craft Root Agile with Todd and I a little bit ago and we had a good time. Mm -hmm. But uh, for those who may not uh, have seen that one, can you give a quick intro, who you are, what you do, what you're all about in 30 seconds or less? <laughs> I will do my best, you know I'm long-winded. Uh, so I am a professional scrum trainer, I am a co-active coach, and I am the founder of Agile Socks LLC. And um, my passion is really around um, helping to inspire, empower, and enable individuals, teams, and organizations so that we can more effectively navigate the complexity and change and uncertainty of the world uh, so that we can all create a more thriving world. Yeah. So Stephanie, that, that's all amazing stuff. And it's why we brought you on here. You've gone down the path of becoming a co-active coach. So you've put a lot of time and energy and effort into learning the coaching craft. Um, and you know, also co-author of one of the best scrum books on the market, uh, Mastering Professional Scrum. So wrote that with Simon Reindel. It's a great one. If you don't have it, get it. Um, so Stephanie, she's put a lot of time into the craft of coaching. And as someone who what I would say could actually has the right to say she's an agile coach. I'm not sure many of us, I'm not even sure I should own that title, right? I think I know Scrum very well, but the coaching side, not so much. And so I really wanted to get uh, your perspective on some coaching items, see if we could help some of the listeners take some of their questions eventually as they start. Uh, you're going to find out we have a pretty thriving community here on YouTube. So they're going to start asking questions, which we want. But we thought we'd tee it up with um, something that kind of impacted everybody in our community. Right. So Scrum Guide 2020, pretty big deal, pretty significant shift in language, shift in the use of Scrum, shift in some stances. And so I want to really there's some aspects of it that were really interesting. One of them being 
that the scrum team is now accountable as a whole for the increment. It used to be development team, you ship and do quality. Scrum master, you stay in your scrum lane. Product owner, you stay in your value lane. Got rid of the development team. We just have a de- we have developers, scrum master, and product owner. And now collectively, that team is responsible. So when everyone is accountable, doesn't this typically end up meaning that no one is accountable? So uh, first of all, I've actually said that before. I, I want to like be really yeah, clear. Like I've I have too. That, I've used that line. And, um, and, and what I want to talk to you is like in the context of this scrum guide change, the answer is no, that's not what is intended here. And um, what you described is like a very kind of common reading of and understanding of and practicing of scrum. Um, And so, but what I really want to like unpack here is the change was actually very intentional, but the change was was more around removing the misinterpretations and the anti-patterns that often show up uh, as people are, are implementing scrum. And so the change is very intentional to remove some of those misunderstandings and anti-patterns. So, when we the way I the way I uh, try to kind of explain this in terms of like what does this look like in action, starting with the core of the entire point of Scrum is to create a useful, valuable increment, a done increment. And so when we think about that, it kind of makes sense that the entire Scrum team would be accountable for creating that increment. And um, so so one of the pieces of kind of like the way you described it was a bit of that, like when we think in a very divisive or divided way, we're like, I, I just want to like stay in my lane and I don't right. want to have complexity <laughs> in this situation. It has led to uh, a lot of people misunderstanding or just it happens in practice um, and partly because we don't know any better where the product owners like, I just focus on value and developers are like, but we just build stuff and quality. You tell us what to build. And then the scrum master being like, I just focus on scrum, right? And making sure everybody is happy and healthy. And it's like, all of those things are true to some degree. However, the bigger purpose, right? Like we all need to be aligned around this bigger purpose. And so um, by directly now stating it in the scrum guide, it's a, it's a way to say to have something very tangible to point to that says you can't just say oh I I did my part as a product owner and I I ordered a product backlog and I told you what I wanted um, which isn't really uh, a great uh, way of just limiting the role anyways but right. even if you're like I communicated value I did all the things um, but we still did not create a usable valuable increment this sprint. We have, that is, that is the team. That is not like a point blame at somebody else and say, well, I did my part, the developers failed or the scrum master failed or vice versa, right? So by having that accountability at the team level, um, it really makes a strong stand around, th- and this, by the way, has always been the intention yep. behind Scrum. Um, it, in, and every time the scrum guide, is, scrum guide is updated, which as you know, it doesn't happen very often, it's super intentional and it's usually, I would, I would argue it's almost never about actually changing Scrum, um, at least not in the last several years. It's really more around um, helping remove misunderstandings and misinterpretations. And so there are still three distinct accountabilities, okay? And that is in the Scrum Guide as well, right? And it's still 
um, aligns around the product owner's accountability for maximizing value. The developers are accountable for actually creating uh, and delivering with quality the uh, aspects of the usable increment. And then the Scrum Master accountability is ensuring everybody is understanding and able to effectively apply Scrum, right? The accountability, the overall effectiveness of the Scrum team. Um, and so, you know, th there are still three di distinct accountabilities and that's to help create focus um, while we are still committed to this greater team level accountability of being able to create a useful and valuable increment. Because if we don't, that's kind of the most important thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and so, of course, the, the way we tee this up is the very legalistic view of Scrum that we run into all the time. Right. I have my pretty little silo here and then I have my pretty little. Si we've siloed these teams. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, I totally agree with you that this is how it, it's always supposed to have been this collaborative effort to get to this end goal. But we have accountabilities along the way that we're supposed to mm -hmm. focus on. But yeah. and what I like about um, the new language, I think that, that you do as well, the whole team's accountable for the, the delivery. There's, we're not just going to there's no single throat to choke here. And that's a common language we run into in a lot of these classes and teams. And so it's great that that this is clear. However, when you run into this legalistic mindset, which we all see, you know, Todd and I tried to address it in our book, you know, fixing your scrum. I know you tried to address it in mastering professional scrum, but it's still out there. It's still prevalent when you're going in to coach teams to get away from this siloed legalistic, very literal interpretation of scrum. What are some of the things you've seen that have been effective in shifting that thinking more towards collaborative, self-managing, self-organizing, wholly accountable for delivery, a type of mindset on a team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. One piece of this is really calling out um, the, I guess, this belief that like we can work in that way and be effective, right? right? So, I mean, that's kind of the entire point of agility. But Stephanie, um, in the real world, <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's hard. And that's really where I start is none of this is easy. And that is because we are dealing with complexity, uncertainty, ambiguity, rapid change. And of course, you know, this past year has, you know, if we if we weren't really feeling that we're all feeling it now. And so it's like a really like a humbling to some degree or just like a naming it and saying like, hey, this is what we're dealing with. Yep. You know, and if we start creating this divided approach where we think that if you just do your thing and hand it to me and then I do my thing and hand it back to you and say, is this what you wanted? Right. Like that's kind of our old way of working in a lot of cases. And so I try to point out that this is fundamentally new. It is hard. It is going to be hard. And I'm here to support you. Um, and so the, the bigger piece of that is aligning around our really kind of aligning, like, what is our shared purpose? Like, why are we here as a team? And that's kind of where coaching comes into play and leveraging those coaching skills is, okay, we can start with done increment, but let's get bigger than that. Like in terms of like the work we do in terms of what it means to be a team and to be fulfilled in the work that we're doing and trying to create a little bit more, um, uh, like actual like team identity. Um, so I always talk about how you're coaching individuals, you're coaching a team, and then you're also kind of coaching the organization, whether that's a more formal responsibility or you're, you're a scrum master and you're leveraging your coaching skills and all sorts of other skills to help 
remove impediments and to help enable agility in the wider organization um, so that your team, your scrum team can be more successful. So I do think that like really aligning and taking some time to talk about what's important to us, who are we as a team, is a really important place to start um, right after it's like, let's name it. Let's talk about the realities and, and, and kind of make it safe to say, you know, like, yeah, this is going to be hard and we're going to need support. And then moving in towards that like team identity aspect of things. And then Scrum gives us a ton of things that help us create alignment, as you know, right? right. You know, we have, you know, the the um, the product goal, right? Which is helping us create alignment around a little more tangible beyond just a done increment, right? Like, why are we even doing this sprint? Like, what is, you know, or why are we doing, um, why are we moving towards in a bigger picture, right? That's the product goal, like beyond a sprint. And then what are we moving towards this sprint that's going to be the steps in that direction? So there's a lot of elements of Scrum that create the focus we need to be able to navigate this imperfect, right? Like, you know, it's it's just the complexity, right? This is how yeah. teamwork gets done. Well, I think that's super helpful, Stephanie. I think that really brings, I mean, it does a lot of things. First of all, use the framework as intended and it will lead to a lot of these anti-patterns going away. Name the thing that we're seeing. I love the way that you also attack the attacks the premise or the premise of what I was saying right away. Right, we kind of set up the situation of a legalistic view of Scrum, and it's like, no, wait a minute, that's not accurate. So instead of indulging in you know a bunch of conversation around this myth, let's just go straight to the uh, straight to the root of a of a misunderstanding, and then start unfolding how this can play out. And so I, I think super helpful for the listeners. I hope. Um, you know, let us know in the comments. Let us know, does this make sense? Does this help? You know, is this something that you're running into? Let us know your experiences. We'd love to see um, how all of you are handling this as well. Uh, Stephanie does have some really awesome um, offerings as well. I don't know, Stephanie, I think we'll talk about, you know, Scrum Master Evolution. It's a transformational uh, servant leadership experience for advancing Scrum Masters. She also does a lot of work, uh, coaching skills for impact. These two activities can really help Scrum Masters get to the root of the problem, speak very clearly to the myths, uh, speak powerfully uh, about what needs to happen while also um, nurturing a change and, and getting that through. And so really awesome offerings. I hope you all go out and check out what Stephanie's up to at agilesocks.com. Let us know in the comments what you think of this. And uh, hopefully we can get Stephanie back for some future episodes and, uh, yeah, Stephanie, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on.